that's like yeah. leadership and influence 101. There you go. It's yeah. like, you know, you have leadership of self, you have one-to-one leadership, you have one-to-many, and then you have like Tony Robbins, epic level influence oh, right. leadership, <laughs> yeah. but you can't have, but you yeah. can't have like the other three. So like one-to-one, one-to-many, and then epic before you, you know, you can lead yourself. Like yeah. you can't mm-hmm. give somebody else what you don't have. Welcome to the Relational Parenting Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hayes, a parent coach and 20-year childcare veteran. Each week, I sit down with my own father, Rick Hayes, and discuss the complicated issues that parents face today, as well as some of the oldest questions in the book. From the latest research and the framework of my relational parenting method, we offer thought-provoking solutions to your deepest parenting struggles. Added bonuses include intergenerational wounding discussions and guest childcare experts. We will also start taking your parenting questions in episode five. So be sure to comment with your biggest questions or email me directly at jenny at jennyb.co. Let's get started. Alex Smith is in the rewiring business. No, he's not an electrician, but he's rewiring how people think and have conversations around money and parenting. On the money side, Alex works with doctors, nurses, and entrepreneurs to help them increase and control their monthly cash flow without having to work more hours and without keeping their money in tax jail so that they can work because they want to, not because they have to. On the parenting side, Alex's most important role will always be father and husband. He's always having the conversation of, how do I become a good father when I wasn't able to see one growing up? What conversations need to be had with myself, my spouse, and my children? What needs to die in me to become the man I said I want to be? It hasn't been an easy journey, but it's been so worthwhile. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Relational Parenting Podcast. Um, We are here this week with Alex Smith. So welcome to the show, Alex. We're so excited to have you. Um, You are not only an entrepreneur, but you're also a father. Yes. Yes, cool. exactly. Yeah. Yep. And that's, that's kind of how we found each other. Um, because we, I have a parenting podcast and you're a parent and you are not just a parent, but you're passionate about parenting, about yes. being a good parent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, I'm just really excited for you to be sharing your time with us. Um, to be sharing your journey with us because I think what you have here, your story, um, is extremely prevalent to most men of our generation. Yeah. Um, I think it's a fairly common uh, thread woven into into the fabric of our generation. And so I'm just really excited for our audience to be able to hear that story and um, perhaps not feel quite so alone with what they're struggling with. And yeah. also... Uh, get some inspiration for being an awesome parent. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm really excited to be here. I appreciate you having me on. You bet. Good. You Good. bet. And it helps, it helps people too to see that uh, there are struggles, you know, that it's not all just hunky dory and advice. It's like, Hey, we're, we're overcoming things in our generational things in our pasts and yeah. everybody's doing it and that's okay. And, you know, maybe, maybe find out how somebody else got past an issue or something is uh, the way I like to, the way I like to see that. So Alex, where did you, what, what gave you this drive and this passion for being, for excelling at fatherhood? Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say excelling. Um, 
as a goal. Someday. As a goal. Yeah, right? as a goal. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the I think the drive just comes from. So, I can't remember when it started. I want to say it was maybe like fifth or sixth grade is when mm-hmm. you know I started noticing like every like every Friday and Saturday night pretty routinely like there would be a like a crumbled up paper bag with a six pack of Foster's beer in it. And like, I didn't drink it. Um, you know, my dad was, so, you know, I thought like, okay, well that's kind of weird that it's happening so often, you know, something must not be quite right. Well then like sat like most of Saturday and then like most of Sunday, my mom would get, you know, intentionally get my mom or my, me and my sister out of the house because, you know, dad was oh. over and, and cranky. He wouldn't like, he didn't like physically abuse us or anything. It was all like verbal and emotional, but, um, which, which we know is so just she, as detrimental. Sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, so she would, you know, intentionally get us out of the house and we would go do things, um, you know, just to kind of get out of his way, so to speak. And, you know, I just remember like knowing, I didn't know quite know like what was going on. Cause like I was so young and I didn't like really grasp it, but I knew intuitively like something wasn't quite right. And yeah. just based on, you know, like how he would treat us and my mom and my sister, like I just knew from a really young age that I wasn't gonna, if I ever got to become a dad, like I wasn't going to be the case with mm-hmm. me. And like, I intentionally didn't drink until I turned 21. I still don't really like drinking all that much. I just think it's kind of overrated. So like, I'll maybe have like maybe a beer like once a month or just like yeah. socially. And I'll just limit it to like just one, like even from, you know, like my childhood. So I think it just, and I remember, you know, there was a particularly bad, like Saturday morning or Sunday morning. And my mom told me like, Hey, like you have to, like she said, like you have to be the one to break this cycle. And like, I knew that mm-hmm. that was something I wanted to do before then. Wow. So, or that was something like I was going to like work my ass off, like just to do. Um, cause my dad struggled with that. His mom struggled with that as well. I don't know how far back it goes, but even just with one generation, like that's far enough, you yeah. know? So it, I would say it just comes from, comes from that. Like me just knowing things, things just have to be done differently if. And well, so that personal mom, experience, yeah. that personal experience yeah. of, of like, I know that I don't want to be that. I don't yeah. want to do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And your mom kind of helped give that to you too. It's like, yeah. the, you know, validated that you, that's not good. That's not right. You don't want to yeah. do that. And, and made it, made you responsible for that kind of, yeah. you know, or let you know you ought to be responsible for that, that, you know, nobody can do it for you and all that. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, wow. That's a huge and I, gift. Yeah. And, and Jenny, the first time we talked, I remember you mentioning that, yeah, that must, must've been a lot of pressure to put on you. I like, I never really, yeah. like some days I think that, but, like I never really looked at it that way. Cause I, it was something that I knew needed to happen and that I wanted to do anyway yeah. before yeah. that, you know? Um, and you know, some days it is a lot of pressure, like breaking at least two generations of stuff that, you know, you don't even know quite the depth or the extent of like it. Some days it's a lot. You just want, you just want to like lay on the couch and, you know, doom scroll on social media all night. Right. Um, so there are days like that, <laughs> but yeah, scroll. I would say, I would say that's where, you know, it, it just comes from that. It's funny how, well, it's funny how we're wired that it happened 
you know, you got the admonition from your mom before it had happened to you. It wasn't mm-hmm. like you were 35 and somebody was pulling yeah. you over and saying, hey, you got you to gotta yeah. change. It was more like a warning, don't, like a horror movie, don't go, don't open that door. Yeah. You know, and. Yeah. Well, why not? Well, because dad went in that door. Okay, well, you know, golly, I'm kind of curious about the door, but okay, mom, I'm not going to go. I won't open the door. It's like, that's a weird, that's a weird twist of psychology. Very interesting. Huh. I think there's also kids who, who wouldn't have seen it for themselves, you know, because there's, I've heard similar stories, um, who, of kids who like didn't realize that anything was wrong. They just thought that that's, that's they just didn't know blessed. anything else. So like, that's yeah. just what dad or like everyone in their neighborhoods, dad drank, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it was just culturally and socially accepted. And it's like, you talk to your buddies, or your friends at school and they're like, yeah, my dad yelled at me all weekend. Yeah. Like doesn't yours. Yeah. And it's just very, yeah. it's normalized and that's just the way that it is. And so yeah. I think that it's like kudos to your mom for, for, saying that to you and encouraging you to take a different direction. But I think you also just intrinsically who you are, your personality, et cetera, you could feel and you knew, and you were just like, I don't want this for my life. I will say the other thing too, I didn't realize until like fairly recently, actually, that my mom was very intentional and never let me knew that she was like she intentionally put me in situations where I could see what it was like to be a good dad, like through teachers at school, mm. playing, like doing football. Wow. Um, I don't, maybe she didn't do it intentionally. I don't know. I mean, it, it seems, it seems like it was, I mean, I, I can't, I can't think of any other way it would have gone. So like well, I had an idea of what yeah. it, like what it could be instead yeah. of, just taking it for, you know, pay this, maybe this is just how everybody's house is. Wow. So, um, so yeah, I did get a glimpse of, you know, how it could be. Good for both. Good for both of you, you know, to a, you know, for your your mom to think of that and for you to pick up on it and, and make it part of you. Yeah. That's not a real common story. I love that though. Very cool. Being able to, being strong enough to, to do that, to find, to think like, and accept like my husband isn't necessarily the role model I want my kids modeling after and being like, all right, let's get my kid into this sport with this coach or, you know, get him to spend time with his uncle who's an amazing father or, you know, whatever access people have. I'm glad that, that, she was able, cause I know that there are also families that wouldn't have a support system or access yeah. to people who were a different example of how to live their lives. So I'm yeah. glad that, that she yeah. had that for you guys. Yeah. hundred percent. So tell me, so tell me what were some of the things that you, that you entered fatherhood, like, you know, your goals as you entered fatherhood, you know, when you knew you were going to have a kid, um, what were some of the key pieces for you that you were like, either the things that you were like, I'll never do this. I'll never do that. Or I want to do this. I want to implement that. What were some of those things for you? 
Yeah. I'm trying to remember. It was a very long list of, of things that I won't do, which is a Mm -hmm. good place to start, but it's not, you know, it's never the full picture. So like, I will not, I will not raise my voice to communicate. I will not, Mm -hmm. you know, I will do my best to not sedate whenever I get exhausted or emotionally fatigued. And by sedate, I mean like, you know, scrolling on social media, just being on playing video games, whatever that looks like for whoever's listening. Escape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was a lot of things like that. And then, so my wife was in residency when we had our daughter and in residency, at least for her program, like they didn't get, like they didn't get maternity paid maternity leave. So there was Mm -hmm. a period of, so after like four weeks, like she was back at it. My wife was back at it. Not because she wanted to, just because that's, you know, how it had to be. And then, so there was a period of two weeks where our daughter's four weeks old. She can't start daycare until she's six weeks. So it was literally just me and her for two weeks. And she was like an infant and, you know, talk about the, (laughs) you know, most men don't get the opportunity to, you know, spend much time with any, with their children in the infancy stage. Cause it's all about mom. Cause mom has all the mm-hmm. things that the baby 100, needs. hundred percent primary so, care. Yeah. So for me, like you talk about, you know, an opportunity to get thrown in, thrown in the crucible. Yeah. Like, Hey, like this is it. Good luck. Like figure it out. Sink or because swim. Our, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause like yeah. our, cause like our mother-in-law, like our closest relative was our mother-in-law and she lives like 20 minutes away from us now, but we lived in Chattanooga at the time and she was like two and a half hours away. So yeah. you know, I was like, there's, you know, like there's literally nobody coming to save you figure it out. <laughs> so, um, and I remember like she, I remember one night my daughter would just not, she would just not go to sleep. Like no matter what I did. And it was just me because my wife was working overnight. So like I, there, it came to the point where I finally got in her sleep. I put her in the bassinet just so I could like watch basketball or something. Finally, just like take a break, you know? Yeah. So basketball starts going and then, you know, two minutes later she starts crying. So I pick her up, I get her back to sleep and then I just hold her there. And then she starts crying again. And I just like had enough and like I had a pacifier in this hand and then I had my daughter in this arm and I just threw my pacifier, her pacifier across the room. It's like, I just, (laughs) and you know, I just had this thought, of, you know, like, well, this is, I, I don't know where it came from. I just had this thought of like, you know, what are you doing? Like, this is how, this is how you're, this is how dad handled things just by getting upset Mm -hmm. and hoping they would fix themselves. And then it started, you know, playing how that scenario could have gone differently in my head. It's like, you know, what if I threw this thing and I dropped her Yeah, because I was, you know, so pissed off. Um, so that was when I started formulating a list of you know, things that, cause I had the long list of things that I didn't want to do, but I didn't have a list of like, who, like, how do I want to communicate? Who do I want to be in this whole journey? It was never like, it was always about what I didn't want to do instead of well, what do you want to do? Yeah. So I didn't yeah. have that, you know, like that framework or, you know, that picture to strive towards of who I did want to be. So that was when I started mapping all those things out. Like I, I remember I forget what book I was reading, but it suggested like, you know, write your own eulogy for things that 
people would want, you would want people to say about you, mm. you know, when something mm. does happen to you. So I wrote all that out. Um, and that was really like the beginning of, I wouldn't say crystal clear, but that was like the beginning of having like a really clear vision of like, who am I striving to be in this infinite game of parenting? Having a plan, having a path, right? you know, yeah. your list of don'ts uh can be infinite i mean you're always right stubbing your toe on those having a list yeah. of principles to follow that can be that can be a, a manageable list yeah, yeah. and uh nice. like the list of the list of don'ts especially coming from you know a situation where you know like me you have an alcoholic parent or like a drug addicted parent like the bar the not that there's anything wrong with having a list of non-negotiables in terms of things that you won't do, but that bar is so low. Yeah. Like well, yeah. all you have to do to be better than the previous generation is like, don't drink. Like that's fairly easy to do, yeah. especially right. if that's not, especially if that's not a, a, like a coping mechanism that you have already. Yeah. So that was when I realized like, Hey, you also need to have this list of things that you do want because the, the list of don'ts or won'ts, is only part of the picture. Yes. Well, and, and from, you know, a lot, I've, I've done a lot of thought work, um, spiritual work, things like that. And in, in every, you know, every course or anything that I've ever taken, one of the key elements is where your energy Let's see where your focus goes, energy flows. So if yeah. all you're focusing on is what you don't want, yeah. well, guess what's going to keep happening? Yeah. yeah. I can yeah. say all day, this is actually a concept that I teach for handling children for redirection. If they're about to throw something, you don't say, don't throw that. You say, mm -hmm. please put that down. You, you put good. it into I the positive framework of what you actually want to happen. But yeah, so we know, so we know that, that having a list of don'ts is super important. And I, I resonate with that a lot because in my childhood, I remember, um, I was very observant and in tune as well. And I would, I would sit there and watch things happen in my home and be like, I don't want that. Yeah, I don't want that. I'm not going to do that, you know? And so I remember and growing up, my whole childhood experience, there were wonderful things. There were wonderful things in my childhood, um, all of the things, but I remember sitting there going, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. Um, and shaping my, my life around that. And it wasn't until I was about 25 when I had, my therapist said to me, she goes, what do you want? Yeah. I was like, Oh, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, like that, that's a reframe. Like I, yeah. so then I had something to strive for instead of like just avoiding all these like terrible things in life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like the story <clears throat> of your mom, Alex, being intentional about putting you in the path of good examples of good fathering, good, good parenting. Mm -hmm. Um, that happened to at least a couple of my kids where they ended up, you know, uh, uh, Jenny's mom and I didn't do that much at that time. We weren't that aware, but, um, they'd run into families later on that they gravitated to, right. As teens. Yeah. 
and, yeah. and, uh, and saw that. And I was really grateful yeah. for that. I, um, how'd your mom learn that, learn to do that? Did she come from a particularly uh, emotionally intelligent family or, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a very yeah. smooth move on her part. Yeah. I don't know. I know that there, she's also from a divorced family because her dad had an affair and then he started a, a family with, um, you know, the lady he had an affair with. And Ooh. so I don't, maybe that was a contributor. I don't really know. I've never thought about that. But she knew it by the time she'd figured it out by the time you got to that point. That's yeah. Uh, she either, she either knew it or it was, I guess like the best accident ever. I don't know. Or kicked in when she became yeah, a mom. Yeah, even if it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but she didn't just yak at you. She she let you see how these systems, how this, how this, otherwise yeah. it, it can work, and that's yeah. really effective. Uh, yeah. As a parent, is let people figure, let let kids figure things out for themselves. Yeah. Just put them where they can see how it works. Uh, yeah. No amount of my mother was Megan. kind of a yacker, you know, she'd talk yeah. at you and, uh, they, you know, especially at teenage, you know, that's not, it's not as effective, but if you can get them in front of a healthy system, yeah, that's, that'll stick. They'll pick up on that. And you, like you did, that's, uh, yeah. Like to, like to, like to get to know your mom, see where she, see where she learned all this stuff. You know, yeah. this parenting thing is, is you never know what you're going to run into and no, figuring it out on not. the fly. Yeah. That's the game, baby is, yeah. you know, have, have good, good friends and good sources of information and figure out how to talk to your kids, how to, how to pass things on to your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. 100%. Nice. Yeah. And now as I get, I say later in life, I'm only 35, so I'm still relatively young, but I've also on my, like on my behalf, on my choice, like I've also intentionally sought out mentors that have, you know, not only the business acumen that I want to have, but they also are, family is also a huge component of that. And they're not willing to sacrifice, you know, their familial success at the altar of their business. Boy, that um, must be hard to find these days. That's yeah, that's there's tough not, to there's not split many. your time. Yeah, yeah. So find, I've intentionally, yeah, I've intentionally sought people out like that. Um, you know, as I get older, and now the work has shifted to, um, you know, still refining the list of you know things I do want, but also refining the list of in terms of like who, what do I want to look like? Who, how do I want to talk to, how do I want to talk to my wife? How do I want to talk to my daughter? How do I want to talk to any other kids that we have? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what kind of car do I want to take them to school in? Like all of these different things, like focusing on like the identity piece. Cause when you, like, if you focus on, like if you use your identity as the North star, then like your brain and your body will figure out the rest. Like it just needs, like, it's like a homing missile. Like it just needs a target to target. Yeah. Yeah. It just needs a target and then it'll figure it out. Yeah. But you know, there's a lot of, Hmm. there's a lot of mental work that goes into that also. Like it doesn't just happen overnight, but that's the work that's being done now. That'd be a good title for a book. Do you need a target? 
Yeah. You know, to get everybody thinking about where, okay, where are you headed? You know, another way to say intentionality and all that. Yeah. On doing the work, that's a phrase. I'm glad that you, that you said it that way. Um, Cause that's something that I think a lot of people miss that part of it sometimes mm-hmm. is that you can set goals, you can have intentions, you can be intentional. Um, but if you think it's going to be easy or fun, you're going to fail not, really fast. Yeah. And even if you don't think it's going to be yeah. easy or fun, you're going to fail. But yeah. knowing, expecting the failure and being capable of overcoming it and trying again, um, yeah. because this is literally the most important thing in the world is how you raise your kids and yeah. how they turn out and how they show up in the world and how that world evolves. And, and so this is, you know, having a healthy marriage and setting a good example for your children and, and having a healthy relationship with your children will change the world. And so it is the work worth doing. And that's a, it's a phrase that both my husband and I put in our vows. (laughs) Um, and our friends always, you know, tease us or laugh at us. Um, because, and, and they're like, Oh, you gotta do the work, do the work. You know, it's not easy. It's not going to be rainbows and sunshine all the time. Um, but it is, it's a foundational principle between us. And I think between most healthy couples is this understanding of like, sometimes this is going to suck. Sometimes I'm going to hate you. And if you, if you know that going into it, then you don't just give up when it gets hard. Yeah. Yeah. The, there's a, a, I forget where I heard it. No, I know where I heard it. I heard it for the first time, like around when I was getting into entrepreneurship. So like right when COVID happened, which is obviously the best time to open up a business ever. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, it was from a mentor and it was, you know, I think my daughter was probably around six months from being born at that time. And you know, the question was, and for anybody that is listening and this resonates with so far and you find yourself in a similar situation to where I was, but you know, you'd something needs to change. Like just ask yourself, like, who am I choosing to be in this moment? Mm -hmm. Like that's a Mm -hmm. huge, like a huge question that you can ask yourself whenever you find yourself like just getting frustrated and you just like immediately snap out of whatever mood you're in and you can make the choice to be different do something else respond rather than react. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I call that. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's such, that takes so much, uh, I don't know, old word, self-awareness, you know, to, to be able to have that presence mm-hmm. of mind to, to make that decision. Yeah. That takes it's practice. That takes some practice. It yeah, does. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Anybody else that this resonates with, that this, this doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> this yeah, is yeah, practicing like everything else. This is a continual, infinite practice. Does it, is it accompanied by a deep breath sometimes? Yes. That count to three thing, yes. you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, absolutely. how are we going to react to this crying baby? It's accompanied <laughs> with a deep breath, a long blink, a.k.a. resting eyes. Long right. blink, and, okay, okay. Yeah. 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 And then doing something different. Yeah, mastering, are... mastering our lizard brains. Alex, hmm. when we when we chatted on the phone, you said, and I, I quoted you on this because I liked it so much, 
um, you said two things. You said, if you're a good parent, parenting is hard. Um, and you said it pushes you to the absolute limit and brings out who you actually are versus who you say you are. And I'm curious, um, if you're willing to share, um, if there's one or two things that you may, that are maybe not your favorite things about yourself that you've discovered since becoming a father. And maybe there are things that you've now overcome or that you're still yeah. working on. Hard-hitting journalism. Yeah. <laughs> so one or two things that I don't like about what sorry, what was the question again? Uh reveal uh that that you've that have been revealed to you through fatherhood about yourself that you've yeah. had to kind of admit to yourself like, "Oh, I I own this flaw." Yeah. Hmm. I don't know where this comes from, but I always had a hard time admitting if or when I was wrong. So mm-hmm. my daughter's three now. So she's at the age where, you know, she's starting to have opinions, which is great, <laughs> but it's also, but it's also really, really annoying sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's you know, like, like the other day, my daughter was in here in here being the office and she saw like a pack of her fruit snacks that I ate in the trash can. And she goes, and she goes, daddy, what's this? I said, oh, they're fruit snacks. And she goes, you're not supposed to eat in here. Like, just like that. Oh, it was a, it wasn't you. It was a violation of the rules. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You're right. I'm sorry. Checking on you. Yeah. Oh. You know, making the, you know, making the choice to admit, yeah, you're right. To a three-year-old, like I'm 10 times your age. Oh. But you're a hundred percent right. And I hate that you're right, but you know, you're right. I tell you not to eat places all the time. And then here I am eating somewhere where I shouldn't be. So you're right. I don't have anything else to say other than you're right. You well know? done. Well done. Um, and not only that, you know, that's kind of a funnier story, but also, you know, being able to admit, cause my, like my sister and I don't, even to this day, we still don't really get along. Like we're just very different people. Hmm. So, you know, growing up, there was never from either of us an admission of like, when one of us was wrong. So, mm-hmm. you know, even to, you know, be able to have, and my wife is like my lover, but she's very stubborn and very strong willed and she's an ER physician. So she needs to be, but you know, that's sometimes that's to my detriment. So even like with her, like I even find myself, you know, struggling to admit, like, you know what, you're right. I'm sorry. Or, you know, whatever comes after that, but being able to say like, you're right. So that's definitely one. Hmm. Um, and then the other thing, I think this is pretty universal for most parents is like, I'm not as patient. I'm not near as patient as I thought I was. Yeah. Um, Parenting will teach you that. Yeah. Um, and I find myself, it depends on the day, but I find myself and three-year-olds are going to three-year-old, like they're going to take forever to do anything. Mm-hmm. But like, I find myself like getting most of the time, like unnecessarily worked up about how slow she's going mm-hmm. and not thinking of, you know, like probably like maybe even as soon as like six more years, like she's going to have her own friends and she's going to want to, you know, do her own thing at some point. So, you know, always trying to remind myself like, Hey, savor these moments. Like if you're a few minutes late for things and I'm like, I'm a very on time person. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's difficult to, 
it's difficult for me to show up late anywhere, even if it's just like a casual, like I'm one of our, one of our neighbors is a good friend of mine. Even if it's like meeting him for like a beer or something, like if he says, Hey, let's meet at like six 30, like I'm there at six 30. Yeah. Even if, even if like, that's not officially the time mm-hmm. that we need to be there. Um, so, you know, even if, even if it's a few minutes, minutes late, like just savor these moments I do get. Cause number two is going to come along pretty soon. As far as kid number two, number three might come along at some point. It's just going to be like even more chaotic than it is now. Yes. So like, you know, just another thing I need to figure out before, before number two and number three come along. That's another thing that just takes more practice is everything's not under our control or, or, uh, aware of our expectations and, you know, being in the flow a little bit, finding that right balance. Cause you don't want to, you can't have just complete chaos all the time, but yeah, yeah, you don't want to be upset all the time about things. That's that, that takes a lot of practice too. Yeah. Like today. Yeah. Like today at lunch, I made her like my daughter wanted a quesadilla. So I made her one and she just like wouldn't eat it. (laughs) At one point I just wanted to say, Hey, eat the damn quesadilla. This is what you asked for. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, we settled on blueberries and macaroni and cheese, and she did eat the quesadilla. Blueberries, so. not together, I hope. Not blueberries no, no, no. in macaroni and cheese. That's no. for spam and hot dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Separate. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, there's, and there's like a, there's a whole undoing of a thought pattern that has been ingrained in you mm-hmm. probably since you were young about time and the importance yeah. of showing up on time or, you know, and there's, I remember feeling like I was an inconvenience if I needed more time and space to get ready in the morning or, um, you know, and it wasn't, it was just, it, it was like a, it wasn't like a specific person who made me feel that way. It was just the value of that was instilled of being on time is not a negative value, but sometimes we put so much pressure on it, especially on our children and our young children that it causes that intrinsic feeling of like, if I'm not on time, I'm a burden. And so it translates into being 30 or 35 years old and meeting a friend for a drink. And if you show up at six 35, like nothing's nothing bad is going to happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so like adults don't have these these ridiculous black and white expectations of each other. Why are we doing that to our kids? Well, because yeah. it was done to us. And so you're undoing, you know, 35 years of thought work um in order to have that patience for your three year old. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. The, impo- the imposing of it's interesting. I like this part of the things I like this po- podcast for is the switch in perspective, Think, thinking about a kid's perspective, thinking about parenting perspective. And, you know, the parent is imposing things usually because of constraints that are the kids unaware of, mm-hmm. you know. You know, there's, there's, you know, we're going to be late, late for pictures and we're going to push the whole thing back or something and finding the right road through that. You know, how do you, how do you, uh, challenge your kid to complete a task on time without traumatizing them? 
<laughs> without, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, for to give you guys an opening here, because that is yeah. a struggle and takes practice and yeah. mastery of yourself, like you're talking about, Alex, with, okay, I here's something that needs to happen. I don't want to scream. I don't want to hit them with a baseball bat. I don't want to do horrible things. But we need to get to this family gathering, you know, not two hours late. Yeah. How do we do that as parents? <laughs> I'm going to hear Alex's answer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Alex. I didn't know she was going to put you on the spot. So no, you're fine. No worries. <laughs> one thing, one thing I've tried to do, and I should do this for, um, you know, things that need to happen at a certain time is setting expectations like the day before or a few hours before. So with like, for example, like my daughter is in a huge mommy phase right now for whatever reason she just is. So like what my wife and I've been doing is, and my wife is, I don't know how familiar you guys are with ER physician schedules, but they're like, they're all over the place. There's different week to week. Yeah. So, you know, one day, like my daughter might say, Hey mommy, can you wake me up tomorrow? It's like, well, no, I'm going to be at the hospital before you wake up. But daddy can wake you up though, instead of, you know, not having that conversation beforehand and then morning comes and then my daughter was expecting mommy to wake her up. And then, you know, we start the day off on the wrong foot because, you know, she had the wrong expectations of what was going to happen. Shock. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I start getting impatient because I'm not understanding where she, where my daughter's coming from of like, Hey, I have, I thought mommy was going to wake me up and she's not here. Like what's, what's happening. Yeah. So, um, setting, like setting expectations beforehand of like, Hey, yep. mommy's going to be at work tomorrow. She's going to be at work. You know, she has to go to work before we do night night. So I'm going to read you some books. Do you want to read an extra book tonight before we go to sleep? Mm-hmm. And then she's, then she says yes. And then she's in a better mood and she's like starting to want to read books now. So she likes reading books, even though she's not reading what's actually happening. You know, yeah. that's yeah. just something she likes doing. Um, yeah, setting oh, expectations is huge. Yeah. That's even that's even huge in business or work. You know, lack and don't surprise people with things. And um, yeah, that's yeah. a big one. Setting people's yeah. expectations a, in advance. That, I don't know how we figured that out, but that was a, a good move on our part to start doing. Yeah, and that's part of like mm-hmm. I love that. That's part of structuring. A, a kid's day is letting them know what's going to happen. Not just mm-hmm. yeah. like kids are not as, as unaware. I think sometimes as we think that they are, yeah. um, kids are kids hear everything. They see everything. They yeah. pick up on everything and they have, they start forming their own little feelings and opinions very, very, very early on, much earlier than yeah. three. They're just getting good at articulating it at three. Yeah. Now they can say their opinions. <laughs> yeah. 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 They can argue at three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they experience everything. They just don't have a lot of uh, experience to interpret it with. Right. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. and if they start, or if they start thinking, you know, the, they just have a random thought in their head. Like you don't know whenever, when their expectations form in their head, they just form. Um, and, and she's three, she's not going to say them all out loud. Um, and so just letting, 
your your child throughout any given day know like what the next few hours are going to look like. Yeah. They yeah. can emotionally prepare themselves and 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 then it's like it makes everything every transition everything like they're just like it helps them feel like they're have some say, they have some say, they have some control yeah. and yeah. they know what's happening. They're not just blindly following mom yeah. or dad around and the, and mm-hmm. being blindsided yeah. by life mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're part of the program. Get with the program. They're part of the, make them part of the program. Yeah. The other, um, trying to, go ahead. Sorry. I was just, the other, I'll give my answer, uh, to my dad's question. <laughs> um, the the answer for how to get a kid to motivated to do something faster, right, or in a timely mm. manner, um, or whatever it might be, my tool is always teamwork. Um, so a very common one, uh, and and in my own work with children, I've worked with a lot of the toddler phase, like the two to fours, um, and getting shoes on yeah (laughs) to get out the door (laughs) is like the bane of of any parent any toddler parent's life (laughs) um and the teamwork mindset so any any issue you run into if you can if you can flip a switch to teamwork instead of you need Mm. to do this and you need to do it on my time clock. It's, hey, bud, we need to get our shoes on and get out the door in the next two minutes. Are you able to go do that or do you want my help? Yeah. Or, or mm. hey, A this choice. is – So you set yeah. the expectation. This is what needs to happen. And, and then you can – even show them what two minutes looks like. They have special little timers now. If you want to teach time, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you can incorporate all kinds of things, but the, but the ultimate goal is to let your child know, like, I'm here for you. If you, if you want my help, yeah. if you want to do yeah. it together, instead of just barking in order of like, you need to go get your shoes on, go get your shoes on. Come on. I told you five yeah. minutes ago, go get your shoes on. Like, and like getting that and flustered, then, frustrated tone where, yeah. and then they just yeah, want to like, yeah. 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 That's the toddler version of uh, a man telling a woman to calm down. It works every time. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, oh, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. 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 And that, that's what I was going to say too is I've been, we've been intentionally giving my daughter choices. So mm-hmm. do you want to wear your pink shoes or your green shoes today? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. You're okay. I want to wear your pink shoes. Okay. Can you put those on or would you like, would you like some help with doing that? Or would you yes. like to do one and I do one? Yes. Alternatives. Um, yeah. Nice. So we've, and then even when she's, you know, acting up and I'd be, Jen, I'd be curious to get your opinion on how we do this is, you know, she's acting up like she's about to jump off the couch or something, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, you can either, you know, get down like you normally do, or I can pick you up and put you on the floor, which would you like to do, but you're not, mm-hmm. don't jump please. So uh-huh. we've been, so like we've been doing like, that kind of thing is like giving her, like giving her the opportunity to make the right choice. Okay. Yeah. Not yakking yeah. about how did we find ourselves in this predicament and blaming yeah. and shaming, mm-hmm. but like, okay, given the situation we're in, 
there's two ways to get to the floor. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it's a boundary. Yeah. It's holding a yeah. boundary Guiding. without with yeah. with no space for argument. Right? Parents often are yeah. like, I my kid argues constantly, constantly, back talk, constantly, constantly. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that's because you're letting them. And like there are situations where like you need to negotiate with your child. That's a healthy yeah. skill for yeah. them to learn. But yeah. when it comes to non-negotiables like jumping off the couch. That's a non-negotiable in our house. And so I see that you're about to jump off the couch uh, and and then giving them the choice of how they're going to respect the boundary instead of mm-hmm. just demanding that they respect the boundary. You, yeah. you switch their brain chemistry so they have to think about it instead of just, I've been told what to do and I'm going to say no. Yep. Right? D- defiance. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. When you're in the moment dealing with the kids um, is when you have to do that. Take a breath. Yeah. Be mindful. How do you, how do, how am I going to deal with this? Arguing, arguing at a kid about a hard and fast rule that they didn't set is kind of pointless or telling them they're breaking it, but giving them an an option of how to behave in the next 30 seconds yeah. You know, that's okay. That's that's proximal. That's concrete. That's yeah. that's something they can be expected to do. Yeah. Um, but we have to I know what it was. Before we we had we're talking about uh how tough things are sometimes. And I think a lot of times people get caught up expecting things to be easy and not require change of ourselves, right? Yeah. And what we're doing is we're training ourselves. Okay, here's a situation, as well as the kids. Uh, uh, here's what I want to happen. How do I say what I'm going to say to get the result I'm looking for um, without without adding to a list of bad things that yeah. I would rather not have on my resume? Yeah. Uh, without causing harm. Without causing yeah. harm. Firm, yeah. Firm and kind. How can I be firm and kind about this? Yeah. yeah, and it takes thought. It takes it takes a change in the parent as well as yeah. to, in, well, that's to like, affect the change in the kids. Yeah, and that's like yeah. leadership and influence one hundred and one. There you it's go. It's like you know you have leadership of self, you have one to one leadership, you have one to many, and then you have like Tony Robbins epic level influence oh, right. and leadership. <laughs> yeah. But you can't have, but you yeah. can't have like the other three. So like one to one, one to many, and then epic before you you know, you can lead yourself. Like you can't give Mm -hmm. somebody else what you don't have. Yeah. Yes. Um, So, so back to once in a while when we're talking, it's like, and don't beat yourself up if you're not doing this for for folks who are listening, just take a baby step and keep at it and reminding yourself and give it time. Mm -hmm. And the other thing too is, and this is something I, because the reason I started doing this, because it was important for me, it was important for my daughter to see me communicate with her, like when I'm, when I did something where I messed up. So like, for example, if I, you know, like if I get frustrated with my daughter and she's, you know, it's the whole shoes battle and, you know, she won't put her shoes on. She's like kicking and screaming. And then I just say, mm-hmm. I just say, okay, like, here's your shoes. You put it on. We're leaving in two minutes. And then I just walk away and, you know, immediately, you know, and most parents will probably know like, Hey, that's probably not the way I should have handled this. Not ideal. Yeah. Yeah. So like sitting down with my daughter and saying, Hey, like, you know, i got frustrated with you a second ago. I'm sorry I did that. Yeah. You know, this is the first time I've been a dad. So, you know, there's going to be some times where I mess up. So, you know, I'm sorry. 
and, you know, getting on the kid's level and saying, Hey, like, I've never been a dad before. Like, this is the first time. So, you know, we're figuring this out together. Um, you know, can you help me? Can I ask, like, can I get your help with something? And then she'll say, yes. Can you help me by putting your shoes on? And she'll say, okay. Yeah. And she puts them on and then we're, you know, let them see the the struggle. Let them know you're not perfect. Yeah. You know, that's back to teamwork. Yeah. And then, you know, everything's, you know, as close, as close to hunky dory as possible after that. But, you know, not being afraid to, cause this was something I never saw even with my mom, um, mm-hmm. you know, being, a, being okay with admitting when you screwed something up. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's also like, you know, leadership and influence one-on-one. So it's like breaking yeah. the fourth wall of like, Hey, I messed this up, you know, yeah. and communicating that. Like it's yeah. obviously you don't want that, that to happen continuously, but yeah, there's you know, situations where you can't do that. If you're if you're yeah. the t- captain of a ship in the middle of a war, that's not the time to go. Uh oh, <laughs> right. oops. Yeah. You know, it's okay. Yeah. We need to put up a facade here for a minute. Uh, yeah. But yeah, parenting, absolutely. Let the kids see the struggles and talk about it with them, and they'll, you know, instead of letting them figure it out when they're 35. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Retrospectively, that's a very good thing. Well, and they'll yeah. be more. Like if we normalize imperfection for our kids, then they will normalize it inside of themselves instead of setting yeah. these impossibly high standards for themselves and outrageous expectations of perfection in all yeah. areas of their life because they've never had anyone in a role model position admit wrong or fault yeah. to them. So they're like, I can never be wrong. I can never be. It can never be my fault. That's where it comes like... I, I also struggled with admitting when I was wrong for a long time and it came from the need to be perfect. If I admit that I'm wrong, if I admit that I screwed up, then my worth goes down. Yeah. 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 Or even some nameless thing. Sometimes you can't even describe why it's a bad thing. You get confronted with, with some habit you have. And you go, well, yeah. I don't know why I think that's such a horrible thing. It, it was just ingrained in you when you were little, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And doing that too, it also doesn't have to be for like, you know, every single serious, like huge gravity of a situation. It can just mm-hmm. be like, um, I forget, I'm trying to remember what, I'm trying to remember what exactly happened. Um, I think my, I think my daughter was watching me like fix the washing machine or something. Cause it was leaking mm-hmm. and like, I couldn't find like one of the wrenches or something. And she said, daddy, what mm-hmm. are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm just a goof. I can't find the wrench. Isn't that silly? And then she'll like, she started cracking up. She's like, yeah, that's silly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah. so they can, so your children can see, you know, like, Hey, number one, I'm funny, but also number two, like I'm not, you know, like I'm not perfect either. And like, you're going to like, if you make a mistake, it's fine. There's um, another way to well, react you're not, other than yeah, getting you're mad not, or yelling or yeah, you know, yeah. hitting yeah. the washer and c- cussing. Yeah. And then, and then she would be scared, right? She'd be like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 And it's important. This is kind of changing gears a little bit, but I've like, I never saw my dad like fix anything. Not because he couldn't, I'm sure he could. I just never saw him like fix anything around the house. Yeah. So, he you know, like if something in the home. Yeah. And if something, Somehow. you know, if something needs fixing, like 
I'll tell my daughter like, Hey, I'm going to try You know how the washing machine is leaking? She'll say, yeah. And I say, okay, well, I'm going to try to fix it. Do you want to watch or do you want to help? And if she says no, it's okay. Um, but if she's like, I just want her to see me like, you know, working on things like in my business, working on things like around the house. Um, and so that way she doesn't find like, you know, some dusty boy that doesn't do anything around the house. You know? <laughs> That's right. That's um, right. Set good so, expectations for her. Yeah. yeah. Be yeah. handy. Yeah. 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 And like, handy. I don't like, and if she does help me, like I know she's going to be the worst helper ever because she does, she's three. She doesn't know what's going on. Right. But you know, it's You're just good to have work. her. Yeah. It's good to have her around and she'll ask questions about like what I'm doing. And then probably within two minutes, she'll ask me if she can watch frozen for yep. the 900th time. Yep. So, um, it's just boring. So yeah, dad. like I've, yeah. yeah. So like for any, like any other dads out there, like just be intentional about getting your kids involved in things. Like they're going to be awful with helping, mm-hmm. but like it's whether they can help or not is irrelevant. Like they just want to see you do things. So that, yeah. that has been important to me as well. Yeah. See what it is. Yeah. Be part to be helpful. Yeah. Holding flashlights is good for kids that are helping. Here, shine this yeah. flashlight up here. Even if it's in the wrong spot, that's fine. You know, yeah. Or, Help them focus yeah. while they while they go through their ten second attention span for that. Yeah, okay. and then Fixing like she, underneath. yeah, and then she'll go to school and then come home and like she's invested in if the washing machine works or not. Like, hey, daddy, mm-hmm. did you fix? Does the washing machine work now? Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'll fix. She's yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for your help. Yeah. I took I took care of a, a couple of kids for a long time who they ended up. Um, like I would include them in doing their laundry. Um, I wouldn't like, I would, sometimes I would do it when they were sleeping, but usually um, if it was a task they could contribute to, I did it when they were awake um, mm-hmm. so that they saw how a household operated. Um, because I think that's, that's another piece of, of what, like being included in, in these like daily chore like things is, is that kids need, to understand that life, that life doesn't just happen. Things don't just work forever. Mm-hmm. Money, like money doesn't grow on trees, right? Like, <laughs> like yeah. daddy has to go to work and, and daddy has to fix the washer. And like, it, so when they grow up and see these things occurring regularly and are invited into the task and learning how to do them when they're very young, it normalizes work as part of life, chores as yeah. part of life, um, instead of being chores, right? Yeah. And these these two little kids from the time they were like like 18 months and three would insist on getting to pull the clothes out of the hamper and put them in the washer for me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, instead of me bending over 18 times to grab clothes out of the hamper yeah. and put it in the washer, I was like, Heck, yeah, I would just dump it on the floor and then they would, like, they would yeah. load it up for you are me. Just the right yeah. height for that job. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would pour the soap and then I would let one of them, we would take turns. Whoever got to pour the soap, the other one got to push the buttons. So, and then yeah. one of them got to pour the soap in the little thing and the other one got to push the start button. And, and, and it was like one of their favorite things to do with me during the week was like, do we need to do laundry today? You know? And it's, it's when you start young and you just norm, like include and invite your children into like the monotonous daily pieces of life, 
it enrich, it just enriches one. It makes it more fun for you. If you can kind of like let go and accept that some chaos might occur, it it makes it a lot, it makes the chore that much more fun for you as an adult, but it's also like watching them get excited about something like laundry. And then you're like, Oh my God, this child's going to be doing their own laundry by the time they're like seven. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's right. Don't wash my delicates with the dark stand. They'll be controlling their laundry and aware. It also sets, I think it sets our expectations, young expectations, you know? Mm -hmm. So when they go in the, in the, in the longer term, when they go looking for a spouse, when they start running their own households, that's where our idea of what makes sense, what feels right, you know, it's like they'll, they'll know to look for a guy that's not afraid to crawl under a washer and, and doesn't, doesn't pitch a fit when he loses his wrench or the socket or something. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think that's where we learn some of those innate, we think they're innate, but they're, I guess they're not innate in human beings, but we learned some of that stuff. It's really, you're yeah. really laying important groundwork when you're doing that yeah. long, long yeah. term. You don't always get to see the payoff of that, of your parenting. why we that's why we're out here mm-hmm. why we're doing it and awesome. the other <laughs> the other question i'm asking myself now is um because like i'm the first person in even in my wife's like going back to my wife's family like none of them have ever opened a business none of nobody in my family has ever opened a business mm-hmm. so now i'm wondering how like, how do I show my daughter? How do I show my children that, you know, hard work and money doesn't have to be a one-to-one relationship. Like you can Mm -hmm. make more money and work less, but you have to have the right, you have to know what the right skills are to acquire and you have to know Mm -hmm. how to acquire those skills. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's not always intuitive that I can just work harder and make more money. Right. There's, right. there's tricks you want to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong. Like there's nothing wrong with like working hard, but a lot of people have, you know, work and money being like a one-to-one linear relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes that works out, but you know, it doesn't always like it doesn't have to be that way. Like you yeah. don't have to be digging a ditch fifty hours a week yeah. to be able to support your family. Yeah. Like if you like if you know if you know how to code, you could probably make five times more than what you're making now and work 35, 40 hours a week mm-hmm. instead of fifty. And you're sitting mm-hmm. in a desk all day on, at a keyboard instead of, you know, in a ditch <laughs> doing manual right. labor. In in the air know? conditioning, in the heat. Yeah. Right. Um so yeah, I'm I've I'm always wondering like how, like, how can I teach, like, how can I teach my daughter, like how to, like just even having a conversation with somebody, like that's not a skill that a lot of people have much less, like how can you have a conversation with somebody and get them to give you money at the end of it, you know, as Mm -hmm. part of your job. Mm -hmm. So like the skill, like influence and persuasion, how to talk to somebody, like all those kinds of things. Like I'm thinking about that, like all the time. Like soft skills. That. Yeah. That's a that's a tremendous advantage. Um if you can yeah, teach that, if you develop yeah. it and then you can pass it on, because not everybody has those soft skills. Really a lot of parenting yeah. 
we're talking about. That's all soft skills, how to act yeah. in front of people, how to, you know, being thoughtful about mm-hmm. how you approach people. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to sound, together. I'm going to sound really old and get off my lawn when I say this, but like when I go to the gym in the morning, like I see some students where I work out and you know, like they're Gen Z and there's this, this is not a disparagement of Gen Z, but I know a lot of Gen Z kids are like this where it's like in between, you can see the generational gap as far as mm-hmm. like how they handle spare time. So like all of the Gen Z kids, mm-hmm. they're like on their, like they're like looking down on their phone. Whereas anybody that's like my age and older, like they're like looking straight ahead. They're like looking up, like what's going on? Where do I need to go next? Mm -hmm. So I don't know like what my daughter's generation is going to be like. I would imagine it's going to be like something to that degree because like the screens aren't really going anywhere. So, you know, if she's able to have a conversation with somebody, like look somebody in the eye, like firmly shake their hand and like say like, hey, like I'm here. I'm here to have a conversation like that could just set her like set her up for her entire life. Like with just having Mm -hmm. that skill. Yeah. That's a rabbit hole. We could go a long way down. Oh, I know. I was going to say, you just opened another hour long conversation. Yeah. (laughs) You know, how do you, how do you limit? I think, I think it's obvious that limiting screen time is a good thing. Yeah. How much, and how do you handle that's fine when they're small. It's easy to just, You know, power struggles are easy to win when they're small, when yeah. they get to the point where all their friends have phones and, yeah. you know, they want to play, a, they want to get good at a game to fit in with their group. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's really gotten, well, it's really gotten insidious. Yeah. Well, it's the conversation of, I don't think screen time is inherently bad. Like if you're using screen time to like learn something, like learn something legitimate, like learning influence and persuasion and sales or like learning how to code like that. I'm fine with that. Like all day do that as as long as you want. But then if we're talking about like, you know, I'm going to play call of duty or Skyrim for, you know, 10 hours a day. It's like, okay, well, what are you really getting out of this? Or even, or even I see kids or yeah. 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 Just mindless, just mindless games that are not really hand eye coordination. Okay. You can get that with a stick in the backyard. You know, (laughs) (laughs) go outside and play. It also also kills creativity, like to that (laughs) level of like, let I'm a, I'm a big believer in, and not just a believer, like there's science on letting your children be bored. Like that is what creates, like you were talking about entrepreneurship and parenting, Alex, and teaching your child how how to not trade their time for money, Um, how you can, you know, you can create something that generates passive income, whether that's Mm -hmm. a rental property or a product or like whatever it might be. You don't just have to trade one-to-one on a one-to-one ratio, your time and energy for, for money. And something as simple as letting your child experience boredom and overcome it on their own is what will create children who can grow up and be financially diverse and be people, 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 um, um, and, and have conversations because they've sat with their own self and thoughts and worked through something and they've been bored and then had to come up with their own idea of how to fill their time. Um, and that like creativity is a muscle. And if we're constantly just plugging kids into something, so they leave us alone for five minutes, 
Like yeah. you're, you're really depriving your child of a life skill. Yeah. They need to yeah. experience their own internal life and realize that other people are just like them doing the same thing. And so therefore, you know, they're not just objects to be manipulated. And yeah, uh, yeah there's a lot of, how do you teach that? How do you parent that into your kids? You got to give them opportunities to do that. Yeah. Well, you got to set the example. I mean, like watch a movie, you know, watch a movie with your kids or play some Call of Duty on the weekends or whatever. But like your kids should see you not like this all day. Your kids right. should see you cooking dinner and having a conversation. Your kids should see you reading a book. Your kids should witness. Um, that's like one of the most powerful tools at our disposal as parents is modeling, being the person yep. that we would want our child to grow up to be. Yeah. How do you want to be seen? You said that early on, Alex. Mm -hmm. Deciding how you want to be seen and then practicing doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it's not enough to... I, f I forget. I was probably some rapper who said this, but, you know, it's not enough to talk about it. You got to be about it, too. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that the the being about it it just comes back to like, we've all heard this in like kindergarten, like actions speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. yep. So it's one thing to say all these things. It's a whole other, it's a whole other ball game to actually do it. And that's, that's mm -hmm. tough. Talk Alex, talk, were you ever to told, walk. were you ever told do as I say, not as I do when you were a kid by anyone? Not directly. That was not such directly. A, no. There's it was such a popular saying in my, like, I feel like my teachers would say it to me. Dad, you said it to me once or twice. <laughs> like there, I, I was feel I, like it was. Was I serious or was I making a point? I think, mo I think it was semi jokingly, like when you would cuss and then I would cuss when I was like eight and you would tell me like, you're not allowed yeah, to cuss. I, did teach I taught you all to cuss pretty good. Yeah. So like that. But, um, but no, I feel like it was such a prevalent saying when I was a kid, like grade school, middle school, and teachers would say, like, do as I say, not as I do, like, you know, or if an adult would you catch an adult smoking or whatever, whatever it was that they were doing yeah. that they, you know, yeah. didn't want to set that yeah. example for yeah. you. And I'm, I'm like, yeah. that doesn't the work. Version I, the version I heard of, yeah, the version I heard of that was just do as you're told. Yeah. Which yeah. is just, just, I mean, it's just, just an offshoot an of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or yeah. because I said so. Because I said so. Mm -hmm. Like that was one thing. Like that was one thing on my list of things I didn't want to. Like I always wanted to give my kids a reason for why I'm telling them to do something or to not mm -hmm. do something. Because then they're more likely to actually do it. Yeah. But when you just say, "Well, because I say so," and it's like, "Okay, well, who cares?" Right. Then it's a matter you know? of just who's a bi who's bigger, who's faster. Yeah. 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 Well, when your kid gets You're bigger too far and faster away from than me you, to tell me that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's so, the thing. I'll tell you this, anybody that, um, I'm trying to see if I have the book here, but anybody that, you know, wants to communicate better, there's a book called Influence by Robert Cialdini. And in the first chapter, maybe it's the second chapter, it talks about, um, like just, they they did a study where people were asking to use the copier or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the people that asked can I use the copier because X, Y, Z were like 80% more likely to let somebody, 
to be lit in front of the line to actually use the copier. Mm. Hmm. So if you just say, Hey, can I use the, can I cut in line? I need to use the copier. Like that's not going to work. But if you give people a reason for mm-hmm. like why you need to use the copier, mm-hmm. then you're like infinitely more likely to, um, you know, have people do what you ask. And it's the same thing. Like it's the same thing with kids. Mm-hmm. It's like, they need a, you know, like obviously if you're like in a life threatening situation, like that's a different story. But if it's something like, Hey, fold your clothes, because you know whatever the reason is, like they're mm-hmm. more likely to do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. They buy. I wonder in. if that's tied to like the uh, yeah. yeah the injustice exactly. thing mm-hmm. when when things just happen to us, it's an offense. If there's some kind of reason attached to it that we can get behind, well now we're now it's teamwork. Now it's helping. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like come over here and hold this flashlight just like this to, when you're fixing the washer. It's like, yeah. you know, would you and and you get by and influence you get by it. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like something really, really deep down in our brains that that's touching on. It's um, it's authority. So no one wants to be told what to do. We're all, we all have an internal authority. We all want to be in charge of ourselves and, you know, and, and and we're born with autonomy. Um, you know, sometimes we have to fight for it politically, (laughs) but we're, we're born autonomous. We're born autonomous people and we all want to be seen as, as competent humans. And that starts in, in childhood and especially in that two to four range, that is when that part of the brain comes online. And so yeah. Yeah. like those years are the hardest as far as pushback and stubbornness and opinionated and all of those things. But they're also yeah. the mo- like the most important to let your child experiment with their opinions, with their ability to negotiate and to reason with them and not just lay down the law and expect obedience. But those are the years where it's like, I don't want, I don't want to eat dinner. I want to go, I want to keep playing. And you say, I, I know you want to keep playing. You're having so much fun. Um, we're a family. One of our family values is that we sit down and eat dinner together and yeah. we eat dinner at this time. Why? Why do we have to eat dinner at this time? Teamwork. Because, because after this time, then it's time for bed bath time, and then it's time for bedtime. Mm-hmm. And if we don't eat now, we're going to run into bedtime and bath time. And then if we don't go to bed on time, then we wake up cranky and we have a bad day tomorrow. So if we eat dinner on time, I'm sorry, hold on. My dog just like lost his mind. Okay, he laid back down now. Um, if we eat dinner on time, then we get to our bath on time and we have more time to read books for bedtime and then we get a really good night's sleep and we wake up and we have a fantastic day tomorrow. And, you know, or whatever yeah. whatever version of that story for you and your household is. Sure. But establishing yeah. that we're a family, we do these things together this is, and this is why there's a timeline of things. Cause kids yeah. aren't thinking oh, I got to eat dinner so I can get to my bath. They're just like, I'm playing and I want to keep playing. Yeah. They don't think right. two hours in the yeah. future. Right. But if we can bring them into that, we can, we can offer them that 
like real explanation, not we got to eat dinner so you can grow up and be big and strong. Like, yeah. like that's like only like a tiny bit real. It's not like real, real. Yeah. If we can right. be no, as think... honest as we possibly can with our kids and bring them in yeah. to thinking at a higher level, then they're going to feel like they're important. Their opinion matters. They're worth explaining things to. And then they're going to buy in because they're going to be like, Oh, I do want to eat dinner with my family. I do want to feel good tomorrow. I love bath time. I want to read three stories tonight instead of two, like all of those things will, and then they buy in and and they're on board and, and it's not manipulative. They're truly (laughs) bought in to the values of the family. Well, you're just describing real-world consequences and giving them awareness mm-hmm. of the passage of time, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, back to teamwork. It reminded me of Alex's example, um, where they're. It's not just a. It's not just authoritarian. It's not just can I take the copier now. It's like, mm-hmm. well, okay, there's a there's a real-world thing here. Do you mind mm-hmm. if we? accommodate that and everybody gets on board with that a lot quicker than Mm -hmm. you know it's not it's not you and me butting heads about what's going to happen in the next 10 minutes cool it's like the grocery store line where someone two people with a you know two carts one's filled to the brim one has three things in it usually in my experience the person with a cart filled full goes go ahead you only have three things like there's People generally want the world to run smoothly, right? Yeah. We all have that in common. Yeah. We want a smoother path. We want it to be easier. I love that we're sitting here talking kind of in detail about how to teach kids that kind of thing. It's like, Yeah. yeah, life is not easy, but... Here's how we make these chores or things a little, little easier, a little fun. We work together, yeah. you know, and we all get along together better that way. Yeah. yeah. And this, the, the other, the other struggle I have too, especially cause you know, my daughter's gonna, you know, she's going to grow up and anyway, um, you know, how do I, how do I teach her to be opinionated and to stand her ground, but not do it in a destructive way? Cause like, I don't, cause like, I don't want to, I don't want her to find somebody that's, you know, just tries to run her over and treat her like a doormat. Like, mm-hmm. no, like it's okay to, mm-hmm. anyway, like, how do you, like, how do you tell that line of like not having a child that's like fully compliant, but is, you know, um, but is obedient enough. That pretty quick turns into learning to choose your battles, right? Yeah. You know, you want to, you want to stand your own ground, yeah. but not to the point where you're standing on the train tracks and there's a freight train coming and, right. you know, the, the outcome is predetermined by yeah. physics. Um, yeah. It's like when to, when to stand your ground and when to yield. So there's authority yeah. and bosses and, you know, kind of back to the influence. How do I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm where it's, what's my target? What's my path? How do I get there? Oh, I yeah. can't go through the mountain. Let's figure out how to go over the mountain. Alex, is there um, is there anything that we haven't covered that you wanted to touch on today? No, I don't think so. I think, I don't know what the demographics of your audience are, what the split is for like men versus women, 
but I would say for any, even if, if there are women that this resonates with, like, you know, get your husband or whoever to like, listen to this and just have like, just, it's okay for them to know that they're not alone. If they're in a situation similar to mine and similar to, you know, it's a very common situation. Um, the other thing too, I would say is like, be intentional with surrounding yourself with people that are not where you're at. It could be financially, it could be mentally, emotionally, whatever, but surround yourself at the best you can with people that are where you want to be. Yeah. Near your ask, target. Yeah. Yeah. Ask them questions, hmm. um, utilize them as a resource because like you can, you can get like, you could get pretty far on your own, but you can only get so far on your own. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to tell if you don't want to tell your spouse or whoever that you're struggling, like tell another male, like males need to have more conversations like that. Yeah. Like not everything's, not everything's going to be perfect and that's okay. We are not, we are not traditionally as sophisticated emotionally as right. the girls are yeah. be stereotypical, but it yeah. seems to be true. You know, yeah, guys, guys need to ask, have other guys to ask questions of ideally. Yeah. And don't fall into the trap. Don't fall into the comparison trap. Like what I mean is comparison is the thief of, of joy. I know that's, a, mm-hmm. I don't really like saying platitudes and in, in quotations, but it, that, that one is a hundred percent true. Some of them like are every, platitudes yeah, every, for a reason. Yeah. Right. And everybody, like everybody's running their own race, just run. Like just run your own race. Mm-hmm. You are where you are. Some of that is your fault and that's fine. Some of it's not, and that's okay too. Um, but just run your, like your race is your own race. Nobody's running the same race as you. Yeah. So you might get where you want to be quick. You might get, might take you a damn long time, Yeah. but just keep putting one foot in front of the other. One of the um, many reasons that I was excited when you reached out is that I, and I think I told you this on our phone call is I'm, I've been really trying to find more male, male figures and specifically dads, um, to have on the podcast, because I think in the parenting space, um, it's, it's the majority is, is women and mom voices. And, um, I think that, that men are just as invested at being good parents, and, um, I think that they just don't talk about it as much. Yeah. I think women are the yeah. ones that talk about it more and, and especially that like transitioning into motherhood, there's a whole huge, you know, perinatal, um, community and services and things for transitioning moms from, from maidens to mothers. And, um, Mm. and I think that those spaces naturally open up for women. Um, and I think that there, there aren't as many, uh, avenues for men to find groups of other men and dads to talk and support through the transition into fatherhood, um, and throughout. And so I'm just so grateful that you gave us your time today and and that you're here with us. Yeah. hundred percent. I appreciate you guys. This was great. Well done. Guy guy groups are not typically full of guys um 
admitting weaknesses or yeah. gaps in skills or you know that's kind of kind of their traditional role yeah and uh, uh any kind of little opening for a guy yeah. to have a chance to ask advice or hey how'd you do that or that's uh that's good yeah. for that's good for society because we're not naturally grown that way at least up yeah. through my generation hopefully we can yeah. change that going forward yeah you well know, i think well, i think evolution like it's it's hardwired into us yeah. just because evolutionarily mm-hmm. like if you showed any weakness like back in the caveman days like you would get eaten that or you get killed yeah it's just an both. invitation to get eaten exactly yeah also but, in you know, mating it was a big deal in right exactly creating yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like, yeah. but like in this bush right out here in my window, like there's not a saber-toothed tiger hiding out in there. Like we don't have to worry about any of those things anymore. Yeah. The skills <laughs> so, are different. It's more soft skills yeah, in, right. uh, oriented yeah. than it is. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, so for you to admit admit weakness, like you're not, like it's not the easiest thing in the world, mm-hmm. but there's not life or death consequences to it anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alex, we didn't get to talk too much about your business, but tell, yeah. tell the audience briefly what you do. Cause I think what you do is also something that parents, a service that yeah. anyone, um, should look yeah. into and where people can find you and we'll link yeah. your stuff in the show okay. notes as well. Yeah. Yeah. So what I do is I help doctors, nurses, and entrepreneurs. Um, I help them basically multiply their money so they don't have to work for it. So with doctors and nurses and entrepreneurs, there's, you know, like we talked about, there's like a traditionally, at least there's like a one-to-one relationship with work. How many hours you work is how, like how valuable you are in -hmm. the marketplace and is how much you can, you know, bring home. Mm -hmm. Well, and then the traditional like financial advice is to max out your, you know, like your pre-tax retirement accounts, your post-tax retirement accounts. And, you know, while the vehicles are different, they're all still in the same place. So you're exposing your, but that place being the stock market. So you're exposing yourself to a lot of unnecessary risk. You're exposing yourself to a lot of taxes. Um, and I help them get set up with infinite banking. So that way they have an additional stream of cash flow, but also an additional pool of money that they can use that's not locked up in money jail and tax jail that they can use for, you know, if they need an emergency fund, it's great for that. If they want to finance college, it's great for that. Um, you can use it for literally anything. It's if you wanted liquid. to buy, exactly. If you wanted to buy like a cash flowing business to increase your cash flow so you could, you know, not work as much one month, like you can use it for that. Um, so there's a lot of flexibility that comes with adding that into what you're already doing. Awesome. And you're on, are you on YouTube? The the future. Yeah. So YouTube is. All of my socials are alex.w.smith10, except for YouTube, which is Medical Money Multiplier. Okay. I could not get alex.w.smith.10 for that, unfortunately. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's an Alex Smith that beat you to the, the domains. Yeah. And the, yeah. Oh, there's quite a, there's quite a few quite of a us, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised you got it for social media. <laughs> Well, I kind of am too. Maybe it's the W that did it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much nice. for being here, Alex. We yeah, appreciate thank you, guys. you. Great yeah. to meet you, man. Yeah. yeah, you too. Keep at it. You got. I think you got the successful uh, uh, attitude. 
you know, learn and and be thoughtful and have a target and yeah, thank you. You know, keep at it. It's it is thank hard you. work, but I think you're I think you're ahead of the bunch. Not to compare myself. A relational parent. I should start handing out badges. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Some little wing for something. Yeah. Right. We need a fair, oh a B a B logo. Jenny B. A B logo with the yeah. relational parenting. That's right. Yeah. Stamp of excellence. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, Thank you for being here and happy parenting and good luck out there. Thank you. Well, did you learn anything new or have you heard all of this before? Do you agree with us? Disagree with us? Have a question? We want to see you in our inbox or via the Patreon page in the show notes. Tap on either link to send us your feedback, share your own parenting story, or support our mission of providing a connected community for all parents. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you loved this episode, click on that little star and give us five of them so we can get visible to other parents who are looking for us. This is your weekly reminder. Parents, you already have everything you need inside of you. You are a strong, loving, capable parent. And here, you are never alone. I'll see you next week.